Welcome to the Pubcast with Michelle Riley, Mike Cross, and Brendan O'Neill. Sit down and enjoy a pint. There's a county map to go in the wall, a hurl, a stick in the shinty bowl, the brick, the brack, the crack, and all. Let's call it an Irish pub. Welcome to the first official live version of the Pubcast. Uh, all previous episodes have been uh, sort of a. Uh, a new housing or a new home for the our previous podcast, our previous podcast called uh, Boardwalk Breakdown. So this is our first. This is really episode one for us, even though it's like episode thirteen. So welcome, listeners. Uh, yeah. So I'm he- I'm here with Mike and Michelle, and we finally got together. Um, <laughs> we're sitting here just after the. Opening of the NFL season, um, and our Bears did not look good. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. Okay, really. for Chicago. Rough yeah, for day. Chicago. Uh, so I want to talk about one thing that I saw two days ago that made my head spin driving in my car. Uh, in my <laughs> neighborhood, by the way. Um, really? Driving around, about to go to work, or on the way to work. And I saw there was three bikers, um, uh, you know, in their 20s or whatever, uh, on their bikes heading to wherever. And they were kind of swerving back and forth and uh, just a, an odd an odd display of bikesmanship. Let's just say that. Uh, okay. Cyclemanship. I'm making up that word. Cyclemanship. Um, cyclage. Uh, and. And so I'm like, what is going on with this girl? Why is she – it was a girl and two guys. And I look at the girl and she is riding her bike holding a selfie stick with her iPhone or whatever on the end of it. Trying to ride and take a picture or video of her and her friends during their trip. What street was this in? I know. It was on a – little residential street it was in my neighborhood but uh okay well that's different it's not on wait you know, a second no. like let's, a northwest highway let, these selfie sticks no yeah it's not about a menace <laughs> okay and you know what one of the first things i was going to bring up about okay. this trip to new york was people walking through the streets of new york with those fucking selfie sticks i think as a uh, prerequisite for owning one you should have it lodged in your ass prior to using it <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. It's a natural holder. Yeah, and uh, they drive me insane. Well, I gotta well, believe. They jumped the shark already, haven't they? Aren't they Definitely. already waning in popularity? Well, hasn't there been a terrible, horrible backlash against the selfie stick? Yeah, they're, they're not allowed not in enough. Disney. They're Obviously, not... not enough. Yeah, because people are still using them. I've got to well, think that they're the scourge of the American tourist, right? They're they're just everywhere with Americans. Yeah, the most recent scourge right. of of American yeah, tourists. Yeah. Yes. Right, uh, nailing it. So to that, Mike, tell us about your your trip back east. I want to hear some details. Yeah, on I can't wait. Can we happened. can we can we can we frame this up a little bit? Sure. Um, so what was the purpose of the trip? So the purpose of the trip was uh, uh, my cousin Henry's son Kevin was getting married. So we're um, we're at that stage of our life now. We're Next Generation is going through the wedding process. So a uh, caravan of Chicagoans, um, us lowly Southsiders, made our way 
to the East Coast. Uh, we chose the Griswold Path, where most from flew. Wow. And um, <laughs> loaded up the truck, sir. Uh, hit Pennsylvania, did the Poconos. That and, looked great, by the way. Yeah, and and the Poconos, oddly enough, they're a place that would be valuable to visit if you want to ski. Um, oh. And did uh, did the mountain coasters and did some zip lining and a ropes course and. How great a, was that zip line? The four thousand footer was really interesting because you're <laughs> you're on a platform outside of uh, you know a mountaintop bar or lodge, and you're out on this platform and you have to go out and and there's a door and you have to put your feet against it. So you're kind of swinging on the line and your feet are on it and they just drop the gate and you go. So <laughs> I'm out. I'm already out of this conversation. Listen, it, first of all, if you had to actually physically just step off that platform. Probably ninety percent of the people couldn't do it because you're two hundred feet off the ground. Wow. Yes, I am one of those people. Yeah. I... So with the door, with the door mechanism, it was kind of cool in that they drop the door and you're you're gone. And within like, I couldn't even do a tow rope or a chairlift. So this is not. Yeah, happening. this is definitely not happening for Michelle. But uh, uh, you're going within like fifty or sixty feet. You're going sixty-five miles an hour. Oh my god! And you're two hundred feet up. Wow. And there are points where it's exhilarating and points where it's like, holy shit, I'm going to die. Um, but the best was it was it was not your typical zip line like you're hooked with one line and maybe one safety. Yeah. There were multiple safeties, multiple hookups. And you're 4,000 feet. I mean, how how long are you on this zip line oh, for like, five minutes? It's No, it's like 90 seconds. But Oh, wow. I, I don't <laughs> No, but – the reality is, is 4,000 4, feet, you know, you go on these zip lines, you you're, don't, you're not even thinking about how much time you're on because you can see the other end. Yeah. When you go off on this one, you can see the other end because there's a 40 by 40 foot garage at the bottom. Otherwise, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see it. You'd just be like, all right, I guess it never ends. Um, but it was it was pretty cool. Maddie and I did it. Will could not do it because he was too small. Uh, there no, was a 75 pound minimum deal. So the, the O'Neill boys, the, the entire O'Neill crew could probably have, have at it. Um, but I, uh, I don't know if Allison would do it. I think Dina, it might just be the boys. Yeah. Dina definitely didn't want to do it. So, uh, it, it, it became a two person. So, and it's, what's crazy about it is, is they, they start you off and you're at this main building down at the bottom of the mountain and they put you in a bus and then you have to take the bus and then you have to take a chairlift. <laughs> And you're carrying around all this gear. Yeah. I mean, it's attached, strapped to you, but yep. you're, you know, it's like 50 pounds. And the whole ride up on the ski lift, that's all you're thinking is, is I'm going to fucking die in the Poconos, right? I mean, I'm going to go down this thing and it's going to snap off and I'm going to hit the ground going, you know, 85 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Mike Cross. Yeah. He died going fast in the Poconos. What happened there? There's a giant crater in the side of the mountain. Um, <laughs> and the, the family wedding, I mean, this is my, my dad's side. Yeah, I think we need to understand there. So there's a faction of... Uh, uh, the cross, young, cross side, yeah. that's crosses heading over to the East Coast. And what faction is there? The faction there, so my dad has uh, uh, four siblings, and one of his sisters lives in Connecticut. They moved out there like around 1980, maybe if, maybe 79. And they've lived there ever since. So my two cousins, Henry and Tommy, have been out there and they've, you know, created their own families. And uh, it was just, it was a good, 
excuse to get the entire cross crazies together. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, I, there was a, a post in our Facebook group for the wedding at the end that said that they were disappointed that there were only five hefty bags full of empty booze bottles. <laughs> so uh, we did we did pretty good damage out there. Um, it was... That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, there were some 3 a.m. shots. There were, uh, you know... Edited to protect the innocent. These, our family is so fucking crazy. It's so worth it. I mean, I... I, I know. I wish you could have thought of, like, an elegant way of saying something that's funny, I do though. like it yeah. that a certain port, part, a certain portion of the Cross family tree has no branches. Yeah, it's nothing. There's nothing. Um... It's just a stick. It's a drunk stick too. It's uh, we drank, we drank so much booze. The best is, is the day of the wedding. It's Sunday, and, and there are so many blue laws in Connecticut. Like you can't buy. First of all, you can't buy any hard liquor on Sundays. You can only buy beer and wine, and oh, yeah. it all closes at six. So, being that we're on the East Coast, and the weddings are different than Chicago. You know, Friday, Saturday night. You know, six to midnight. Uh, the wedding was at 11.30 on Sunday morning, and the reception immediately followed, so it was like 11 to 5. Uh, and then we're going back to my aunt and uncle's house, and they're like, um, they didn't have they didn't have enough beer on Saturday. We drank them out of beer, and there was no wow. beer there Sunday because everyone was at the wedding. So my cousin Timmy takes up a collection, you know. See, I'm going to get fucking beer, you know. Um, <laughs> and we had to, you know, we had to kind of restockpile the crew. It was... Uh, God, I'm trying. And you know, my aunt, God love her. She she got roped into a group rate at a Motel Six, uh, not far from their house. And this fucking place was unbelievable. First of all, I walked down the hallway after we check in, and I'm like, looking at there was a it was T shaped, and there was a door right before the T that went out to the pool. Wait, a- hang on a second. I want to back up for just a second. <laughs> A group rate at a Motel 6? It was 56 bucks a night. Fucking hell. We should have known, right? Um, there was a bullet hole in the door going out to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all like, and, you know, like, there's like, of the 50 or 40 people that are out there, there's like... As long as it wasn't a cross that put it there. No, no, no. There were like, but there were like 15 of us in the hotel, in the motel. And the Cross family used knives, not not guns. Oh my god, it was brutal. <laughs> yeah, we're knife we're knife throwers. It was this was the worst motel hotel I've ever stayed in my life. First of all, our toilet ran constantly, and then <laughs> the best is this: there was no fan in the bath, no fan in the bathroom. So when you're taking a shower, you know you keep the door open. The steam would set the fire alarm off. Now, fortunately, being a uh, a half star hotel, there's no sprinkler system in there. Otherwise, you would have been coated in water. Uh, That's the best. So, our <laughs> our luck with motels on this trip and hotels. The best is so you know. I mean, it was not good. I mean, the the carpet was peeling back. We were all talking about like, are there dead hookers underneath the mattress? No one wanted, everyone wanted to lift their mattress up to find out, but no one wanted to lift their mattress to find out. (laughs) So, um, there were drug deals going on out from the place. We're like, this was a, this was a good pick. 
and my aunt, she's, you know, she was just trying to do us all solid, get us, a, a, you know, into a place that was close to their house because that's kind of where the centralized activities were. And I think when they went that when she went there, they like showed her the one nice room they have in the, in the motel. <laughs> and I, because there was like no ice machine. It's fucking... The one nice room at a Motel 6. Yeah. And uh, just to rope them in. Yeah. Jesus. To that $56 rate. Oh, this yeah. one has running water in the bathroom. Yeah, the, and and on our way, so, so we slip our way from the Poconos to Connecticut to go to my aunt and uncle's to you know start the wedding festivities on Saturday, and and I'm like, well, let's go to let's go to the shore. Let's like just go out to the Connecticut shore and show the kids the ocean. So we go out there, and Will collects all these shells, right? And they're all clam shells, and they're all like still. Some of them are still going, you know. So yeah. the, the bucket of clamshells is sitting in the car for a few days. Oh, no. <laughs> that shit started getting passed around, which got entertaining because my cousin Henry, whose son was the one that got married, on the last day we were there, so, you know, the day after the wedding, you're doing a little picnic, you know, and I'm like, we got to get these fucking things in this car somehow. So <laughs> we get him in his car, and, like, three hours later, he's like, I got to go get water. You know, my dad you know, my uncle had asked him to go get water. And I'm like, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll go get it. He's like, no, no, that's fine, I'll go. And I'm like, fuck. As we put this bucket in the backseat of his car, he said he stopped the car within a half a mile, and he's like, he thought a propane tank exploded in his car. Because <laughs> he had some in the trunk, because it smelled that bad. Um, there were clamshells in my sister's purse. Um, oh, yeah. They made their way around. In a couple of rental cars. Yeah. Um... So general shenanigans on the East Coast for the crosses. We're probably not welcome back. <laughs> Fortunately, because of the way that the restrictions we had on time and the events that were going on, we did not hit any bars in Connecticut. So fortunately, there are no fights. Because usually there are when, when that crew gets into a bar. There's usually some, some threats of fights or actual fights, so. So yeah, so East Coast Travels, if you guys need recommendations on really shitty motels, I've got them. Well, that's good to have you back, safe in the friendly confines of Chicago. Edited to protect the innocent. Michelle, did you want to talk about uh, the Colbert Report? Colbert. The the Colbert uh, (laughs) debut on Late Night? You know, I just feel like, um, yeah, I did want to talk about that. So, you know, everyone's been kind of talking a lot about Joe Biden's appearance on Colbert. And I think it's interesting to debate whether, you know, is he going to get in? Is he not going to get in the presidential race for 2016? And um, that's certainly a conversation that's kind of dominating this right now. But I actually think it's more interesting to think about how late night chat show paradigm might change um, in kind of an old school way with Colbert and even to a certain extent Fallon. Um, How? Well, you know, you used to have the whole chat show come on and have a conversation and it, it was more about just the thrill of being with a really interesting host and talking about some interesting things. It, it wasn't such a programmed uh, machine mechanism in place for promoting current projects. So Carson would get a guest that didn't have a movie coming out or a book 
coming outdoor. Um, Dick Cavett would purposely have a mixed panel and that they wouldn't leave the moment their interview was over so that they could get this crazy amalgamation of people together. So I someone from that. politics. Yeah, someone from lost, entertainment. Someone like from sports. Art. Isn't it a lost right. art now in the talk show realm? It is a lost art, and all the talk shows have become the same. The freaking monologue, the um, interview of the celebrity du jour, everything's been pre-scripted, everyone knows it, it's something we all buy into and agree. And um, I think I think this is also true with Saturday Night Live. And I thought about this not long ago when they did their anniversary about how the first couple of seasons of Saturday Night Live were particularly interesting because, in addition to silly, which silly is awesome, no one no one loves silly more than I do. That's for sure. But in addition to silly, SNL used to do weird too, right? Weird, the sort of the the, the classic black. Black and white dance with Steve Martin, Gilda Redder. That wasn't fall down funny. You know, they would do things that were interesting, the short films, things that were even political, things that were just kind of out there, um, in addition to just up silly. And it seems that Saturday Night Live, yeah, it doesn't have to be, it it could be truly a variety show as opposed to just gag, 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 silly gag. So I thought that it was interesting. <laughs> Everyone's talking about Colbert because he is such an unusual choice um, to to be this sort of late night guru because he's um, he's a thoughtful guy and certainly he's existed in this character character for the last several years on the Colbert Report, which everybody was in on the joke that was not a real thing. Um, and so that certainly was a shtick, but that's what makes kind of discovering him, even though we all know who he is, interesting because it's a whole new thing. And of course, well, um, did you see in the in the in, in the first couple of episodes that every now and then he kind of falls into the character a little bit, or whether it's on purpose or not? Um, he, oh, I'm sure it's he, a part of the fabric of who he is. Yeah, yeah, he can't extricate himself completely all right. the time. But it was interesting that they had so, – so if you didn't see it, I encourage you to check it out on YouTube or whatever. But Joe Biden and um, and Stephen Colbert had a conversation. And Colbert, you know, did a few, a few funny moments in the beginning. And then they basically went up into a really sort of heartfelt, mature, um, interesting conversation that has captivated a lot of people. And, um, you know, everybody knows, but – you know, both of these men have had a lot of tragedy, and uh, Joe Biden's son, Bo, recently passed away from brain cancer, and it's it's quite clear that the uh, vice president is still very, very emotional over this situation, understandably. Understandably, yeah, definitely. And, um, but then, you, then you're reminded that this guy's had tragedy upon tragedy upon tragedy throughout his life, where his wife and his um, daughter were killed in a car accident. And then the two right. surviving brothers were raised by Biden. Um, you know, the hunter died, his other son. And so it was really just he and Bo that were left from that sort of union. He, of course, is married to Jill now. But um, they've just constantly been faced with so many tragedies. And then Colbert, of course, his father and, and two of his brothers were killed in a car accident in the early Plane. 70s. Plane. Yeah. Yeah. Or plane. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. And so they had a lot to relate to uh, um, between each other, but it was a really um, 
it was really interesting that they were able to have a substantive conversation. And, you know, every time that you can remember something really amazing from Letterman in the last 20 years, not the beginning. The beginning of Letterman was a different animal and, and Letterman was a different person. Oh, you yeah. can never get that back. You can never get that back because no. sarcasm that Letterman um, invented has now been, you know, Perfected. a byproduct to everybody yeah. else in the world. And you can't even be original with that anymore. But anytime Letterman was real... Since 9-11 was when he had those heartfelt moments, when he had the heart attack, when he came back from 9-11, when there was something real for him to have a conversation about um, any tragedy in the news. Those were the best moments that Letterman ever displayed. And um, I don't know. I just thought this interaction that Colbert had right out of the gate with Biden was interesting to think about how um, that that vehicle could be more than just the same old shit that it has been for the last several years. So I don't yeah. know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think the trick is the balance. I mean, because traditionally people, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. people are not looking for the heavy, the emotional, the, you know, right. real uh, stuff at 1030, 1130 when they're going to bed, you know, if they fall asleep in front of their TV it is the stupid, the silly, the mundane, the, the, the whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm sure he'll do, do it here and there, but I right. wonder how they're going to strike that balance. Well, I think it, at the, least I'll be thinking about in, in, in doing it instead of it being a total formulaic situation where it was before. But you're right; nobody wants that. You'd watch Charlie Rose if you wanted to have something heavy right. before you went to bed. Exactly. So I mean, obviously, you want to have it funny, and that's why those those guys get the jobs because they're freaking funny. I mean, Fallon is even energy. He's very silly, <laughs> but I like that he is in. Um, everybody likes him, and it's really just because he's doing something that's just fun. You know, he's yeah. not trying to. To, but it is interesting to see how he is getting a lot of response, or at least perception that he's getting a lot of response from guests, celebrity guests that are willing to engage in something beyond that. Let me tell you about my movie. So I'm sorry, Mike. What no, no, I was going to say Charlie Rose is the Xanax of humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, I do like, I do like Colbert's style. I think he, you know, it lends it to being different than the Fallon and uh, Kimmel more. Right. Not, and I don't want to say those guys are shticky because they're not. I actually like all their I, styles. They're yeah, just different. They're all yeah. different. But I think it'll be an, a viable alternative to, uh, you know, the Justin Timberlake, Jimmy Fallon mashup, you know, like uh, the history of rap, um, which is a segment that they killed it again last week, right? Right. Um, and while we were in New York, people were waiting online, not in line. They were waiting online <laughs> for tickets to that because it was such a big deal. And Timberlake was going to be there. Like day before, people were lined up. Well, so with all these new late night guys, okay. it seems to me one guy is getting is going to be left out of the lurch here. And we've got Jimmy Kimmel, who is a little more sarcastic, acerbic, uh, silly, but a little more cutting uh, in his uh, yeah, I think he's more style. Letterman than anybody. Yeah. Without yeah. question. Then you've got Fallon, who's more silly, funny, uh, uh, even sometimes musical, musical with all this stuff. self-effacing. You know. You've got Colbert coming in with a little more of a uh, intellectual take on it and uh, a different style yet to be determined, but maybe he does a little more of the heartfelt stuff here and there, as well as the uh, humorous stuff, of course. 
where is Seth Meyers? Where does he fall in all this stuff? I don't think he has uh, an, a, a, an audience base yet or a, a style yet. Well, I think it's interesting. I, I don't, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't watch Seth Meyers. He's, first yeah, of all, I way know. too late for me. But I don't have time to even watch him on reruns or anything. But I have actually no. been reading a bit about um, his progress. And I, I, I guess that he just on a dime changed his format. He dropped his his monologue right. um, and, and went to the weekend update paradigm where he sits behind a desk. And I thought, well, there you go. Why not do something that suits your personality and, and that um, – isn't necessarily the same shit that everyone else is doing. Same formula. Right. Well, is that is is that a sign that the formulaic approach between Seth Meyers going down this road and Stephen Colbert coming in and he's you know he's going to be different. Um, you'll still have fat. I guess Conan Conan's still doing Carson, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Conan is just like such the formula. You can do it by clockwork, yeah, you know. It's, oh, it's ten oh seven. It's time for a commercial. Yeah, yeah, it's paint by numbers over there. But I, you know what? With yeah. that said, I do like Conan. I do too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any of them. Like when Carson was on, I was always the, you know, I. It was so so. Oh come dry. on! Who didn't love Johnny Carson? Come on. Me. I like oh. him. I, I preferred like Letterman, but I liked Carson. I was more of a Letterman person than a Carson person. Yeah, me too. But still, come on. There was nothing not to like about Well, Johnny it wasn't Carson. that I didn't like him. It's just that it was like, if it was on, maybe I'd watch it. Maybe I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like Letterman where it was right. in high school. Letterman was well, He wasn't us. really speaking to our generation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so Steve was, Allen was on. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was the show <laughs> our grandparents watched. Yeah. And our parents. So. So what do you think, Michael? You think Biden's going to get in the race? I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I first of all, this crop of all of them on both sides. Oh, God, it's like, I mean, I'm looking. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun. What's it going to be? Is it going to be a year? It'll be a 13 months, 14 months. It's going to be a roller coaster because there are so many whack jobs on both sides of the fence. Um, I just wonder if they're going to wrap this thing up in a ball and give it to Hillary, which I don't like. Um, you know, I have to say that this is – so here's my take on that right now. So so Hillary's the front runner because she was the only runner. The media freaking right. goes into a spiral on this shit that's so meta they can't even get one head out of their own ass. So that's number one. And second of all, every primary – you can't you your mind doesn't remember but there were so many wack, there are so many wackadoos in every primary remember when uh, john edwards was going to oh, be God. the next president of the united states it was a fucking lock <laughs> he was it gonna, was a lock he was going to hold he was going to hold that office down with his girl pregnant girlfriend on the side right well right and then look what happened i'm just saying like yeah, every time you go into a primary there's it all sideways and then you'll never even remember these people's why I dare not speak the name, and I don't want either one of you to say it either. I'm not even going to dedicate one ounce of energy in my lifetime to the idiot from New York. I see. I think he's. A so blast. we're moving on. I think he's a blast. I won't say his name, but I can't do it. I cannot wait, do it. Wait a minute, Mike. Why do you think he's a blast? <laughs> because first of all, he's not running. This is all just a game for him. Right. right, and to me exactly. that makes it better. It's a commercial for him, and it's a win-win-win yeah, totally. win situation for he's him, not, no matter what. Free not, fucking advertising. He's not 
fucking running. He should be covered on the on the entertainment pages with the Kardashians, just like the Huffington Post <laughs> said. He should not be given any political byline. I mean, it would be it would be if I swear if the ticket were that guy from New York and that gal, it's from, never gonna happen. And that gal from Alaska. <laughs> Could you imagine the comedy you could mine from that? I mean, Saturday Night Live's, you know, their their ratings go off the charts uh, just based on having that kind of material to work with. But the reality is, is I don't like the alternatives on the other side right now either, which is why what we started with was, is Joe Biden going to throw his hat in the ring? It's a viable question at this point. And all there's no great alternatives. Well, I mean, and Uncle. Joe- but you guys, let's let's go back to the whole Hillary thing, though. Let's quite, quite yeah. honestly, I have, I didn't vote for Hillary the last time. Listen to me. I'm going to say this as clearly as I can. Hillary is smart. Hillary is capable. Hillary is would make a fine president. She is too fucking polarizing, and she is not a uniter. And I don't care how great, awesome, or how much of a bad deal or a raw deal or a poor shake Hillary's gotten, all of which I think is true. There are some people that just fucking don't like her, and that's the end of that. It was true in the last election, and that's why I didn't vote for her then, and it's true now. I want to see a woman as president more than anybody, but I am done with Hillary, and I don't understand why she feels like she has waited around long enough that we should hand this to her on a fucking silver platter. Well, that's what it's it, done. That's she's what it the, looks like. She's the front runner because she was the only runner, and this election's going to be long. So whether it's Biden or somebody else, I welcome it because. I am so tired of dealing with her shit and her baggage and her nonsense. Well, do we get, <laughs> do we go back to the uh, you know I mean the one and you know I don't want to compare political styles at all, but Uncle Joe has got the um, you know the um, the W feel to him, you know the kind of guy you'd want to you know go to. Well, a he school. does appeal to the middle class because but, that is really his his core. I mean, it is his personality, right? It so, really is it a is. guy? Is it a guy you want to go to a strip club with and maybe do some shots and get a lap dance with, or is he a guy who, you know, we want? The to biggest reason why Biden, people are going to relate to that on Biden is because he's made so many gaffes. He's made so many gaffes over the years. I mean, he's famous for saying the wrong thing and putting his his foot in his mouth, and that's you know that's a problem for somebody. That well, wants w, to that, that's why I compare him to W. They're the same right. kind of animal. Right. But Biden has an amazing long legacy in history that W did not have. True. Biden has been serving this country yeah, that's true. for about 50 years longer than W has. Yeah, yeah. He's the fucking vice president of this country for eight years. Pretty good. That's a pretty good resume right pretty there. That I, don't like the, I don't like the George W. Biden thing of that's a guy I can have a beer yeah. with. Yeah, I right. don't want to have. I don't want my I president agree. to be a guy I can have a beer with. And I want him to be smarter than that. I want him exactly. to be smarter than me, smarter than everyone, and do the right thing. I don't want a knucklehead who can hang out at the pub. I think the well, last we've done that before. Are, well, we have a whole segment of our American population that's completely threatened by anybody with a fucking brain, oh. which is why they I want, want an elitist as my dumb, president, so they can feel more be... elevated in their own. Exactly. The president should be an elite person, elite intelligence and elite decision making. Yeah, W is a huge ego boost for me. When I'm looking at a guy, I'm going, this guy's so fucking dumb, I can do this. Um, That's not true. Oh, 
What? You're saying I'm not, not nearly as smart as W? You're not nearly as rich. That, so you could you. never get there. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. All right. So this... <laughs> I think I just got this a backhanded sort of, compliment. I know. That was fantastic. <laughs> I, that was scary. That was good. Uh, so this idea of stupidity plays into uh, this week's temper tantrum. What I want to talk about is obliviousness. Hmm. And it's something that I i mean, I think we all experience intimately on a daily basis, and it fucking makes my blood boil. And some of the best examples are like when either driving or walking down a hallway or uh, pushing a grocery cart down the, the aisle – People just standing in the middle of a doorway or standing in a hallway or not moving their car off to the side enough when they're trying to turn. Or, I mean, I've had it where uh, people don't and, – and, and I do all the – for the record, I do all the grocery shopping in our house. So this is something I do all the time. So I'll be trying to get in and out as quickly as possible and – people just leave their fucking carts in the middle of the the aisle. <laughs> and so I will just grab their cart and push it away and then go through. And people get mad at that, of course. And I get into a confrontation at the grocery store constantly. Hey, I love it. Or I will bash people's carts out of the way or whatever. <laughs> but the idea that people don't understand that other people are there trying to do their business or in a hallway uh, at, at work, for example. I work at a company that has... Our campus has 9,000 people in it. You can't be fucking around in, in the hallway and trying to walk. And people are walking two abreast, three abreast, side by side, slow. walking so slow. I've got somewhere to go. Out of my way. Get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Everything should be like on a highway. Keep If you're slow, keep to the right. Let us pass you on the left and knock that shit off. Am I the only one that's been... No, no. I listen. Is that just my insanity? I experienced that today at Jewel when there was uh, one of those... Um, a woman who was in a rascal. And, you know, she was sizable. <laughs> Let's just say she was sizable. <laughs> which always leads me down the path of, look at this fat ass who got herself a rascal, right? And A rascal. She's got the rascal in the middle of the aisle, like perfectly in the middle of the aisle, and she's out of the rascal. And I was really tempted to steal. Please say rascal again. <laughs> I rascal. wanted to steal that rascal. Uh, but no, so she's, she's blocking the middle of the aisle, the middle two feet with her rascal, and the, and the, four, the three feet to the left of her rascal with her fat ass. And her ascal. Her, her ascal. And I can't get through the on the rascal and the right, ascal. Right? So I've got to wait for her to get her fucking box of donuts off the third <laughs> from the top shelf and get back in the rascal. And no. You've got to have the proper ratio of ascal to rascal. Ascal to rascal. <laughs> and yeah, I experience, I experience it a lot. And it is frustrating to me. People who will literally, they'll stop and they'll be. We were on on Forty Second Street, New York City, and someone stopped in front of me because they were checking uh, uh, either an email or a text message, or whatever. But just stop. And it's like you're in fucking Manhattan, and you're gonna stop on Forty Second Street. You don't think anyone's behind you? You can't. 
You can't well, I think it's interesting that Brendan started this conversation by by categorizing it as oblivion, oblivion, obliviousness, obliviousness, which is it's interesting. You know, are, like the whole man. They're oblivious uh, that are they're oblivious that people are around them, that anybody else in the world exists. Right. right. So you think about this whole campaign Chicago has been having with the CTA and the man spreading, where there's all these people trying to sit down, and there's a guy who's got to like take up yeah. two seats, and you know the book bag on the seat, and the whole nine yards. People don't know how to behave. They don't know how to be. Exactly. I mean, literally, our CTA is paying for an ad campaign to teach people how to properly use manners on the CTA. It is unfucking believable. Not only that, it just goes into so many other things. I mean, even even with this James Blake story with the mistaken identity, where right. uh, where he gets uh, accosted by the police officer, and after the video was released, you know, there's so many people saying that guy didn't even look like a cop. He looks like he's getting mugged, quite frankly, because right. he didn't have a uniform on. And look at all those people are just staring at her, not even noticing that this man who was just standing up against the wall is now being accosted on the ground. I would much more have likely assumed he was being attacked or mugged than to think he was being arrested because sure. it certainly didn't look like that. And as we now know, the guy never gave him any Miranda rights either. So, oh, yeah, um, of yeah. Anyway, that's another thing. It's just amazing well, that people will just let stuff like that go on, totally unnoticed. Yeah, totally well, unnoticed. And so, one of the other, like one of the main culprits for this obliviousness thing that I'm seeing, uh, which, uh, rightly so, I think I understand it, but I don't like it, is what I'm going to call the 14 uh, year old girl. Uh, <laughs> And there, I mean, there's other, I mean, boys easy, do it too, but I run into it. I slow know, down, 14 year old down, girls. Jared, I'm a 14 so girl. you're walking down whatever aisle, whatever, you're a sidewalk in, on, in a city or a, wherever, and you get one or two 14 year old girls who are doing the side by side, two abreast, taking up all the, the, the space, walking by, and I'm coming down, almost walking into the street. And I still can't get by him. And I've set in my mind a couple of years ago, I'm no longer moving into the street for anybody. <laughs> if this happens, I'm hitting them. They're, they're hitting me. And so I am now like a walking roadblock for anyone smaller than me. And I'm taking people out with hip checks left and right. Okay. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Look at that. The, I'm Irish, not, the Irish guy's resorting to violence. Not violence. I'm just walking. I'm not... I'm getting out of the way as much as possible, but I'm not walking into the gutter because you're not fucking paying attention. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with that, frankly. I think I, you're perfectly well within your rights. I would just be careful not to, like, faceplant the 14-year-old girl. No, it, it, it depends who it is, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. If, if, if it's a, a 300-pounder on a rascal, then there's something <laughs> there. You go. There you go. Yeah, you uh, guys, how... Fucking great is the sit next to Kim Dave's Twitter handle. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things I've ever seen. Uh, Are you guys being funny? No, I love it. The Twitter handle? Yeah. Isn't oh, that I, the funniest thing? I love it. No, no, I love it. Sit, the, the, the I sit next to Kim Davis Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I have not been following it. 
It's you, you need to you need to look it up. It's it's definitely worth your time. So again, I'm not really interested in the rhetoric or the politics around the Kim Davis story, the woman right. who um, refused to issue the marriage license. Um, I just think that this person that is using this I sit next to Kim Davis Twitter handle is some of the most just comedic creativity that's going on in the Twitterverse right now. I mean, yeah, the things she posts are so freaking darkly hilarious. I, it, it's just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's uh, the the Twitter handle is at next to Kim Davis. Oh my god! And it's yeah. I mean, you know, it's genius. It's yeah. a great. It's just great. One of the ones that I like that's. I mean, it's been out there forever, and it's it comes up all the time when people talk about these things. Is the the, the tweet of God? Yeah, the voice, oh, yeah. Of, God, the voice of God. Yeah, or tweet, yeah. yeah. Or uh, the Rama Manuel. That one's always pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, there's a few good uh, snarky Twitter handles out there, and sit next to Kim Davis is pretty. Yeah, there, there's some good stuff. Um, this... And I have to say, like, I don't really want to get into the whole thing about. I know where we all stand. We are um, mature, rational beings and understand this is a fucking nut job at work, but um, I'll just leave it at yeah. that. Yeah. But I just couldn't believe these fucking ass wipes falling over themselves to stand next to her when she's released from jail, namely Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz. Are you kidding me? I mean, Mike Huckabee is making himself into a bigot of epic proportions between that and the... Uh, the idea that he wished he could come uh, out as transgender so he could sniff girls' bathroom when he was 17. I mean, this is like yeah, unbelievable how he's much the, of a misogynist this guy is. He's the L Sharpton of white people. He, he comes across <laughs> I mean, as this gentle, God-loving grandpa, and then all of a sudden he turns into like this giant bigot. I mean, yeah. it's like, really? Is that what you have to do to run for president these days? And Ted Cruz looks like a child molester. I'm sorry. That's just me. But Oh, yeah. He is weird. You know, Ted Cruz, I, I, I'll say this about Ted Cruz. He's a very smart guy. I don't agree with one thing that comes out of his mouth, but at least he has a freaking brain in his head and he has convictions that he stands up for. Unlike the other idiot yeah. from New York that I dare not speak his name. I love him. I love him. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, sit next to Kim Davis. The Twitter handle has 96,000 followers right now. Oh my God. Oh my it's so Lord. funny. Yeah. It's definitely uh, a step up. Uh <laughs> From your everyday, average, mundane Twitter sphere. All right, we're running long. Uh, Michelle, do you have any news you want to you want to dispense at this moment? And now the news with Michelle Riley. Well, I really just wanted to uh, number one just uh, talk about Joe Biden and the possibility of his running. Uh, wrap up the, the Kim Davis situation and learn. And of course, um, just let everybody know that Riot Fest wrapped up this week without incident in Douglas Park. <laughs> of course, it was not without a, a last minute classic Chicago style attempted extortion. I by saw that. That was pretty interesting. St. Anthony Hospital and their <laughs> lawyers. Love it. I mean, unfucking believable This city will rip the bones right out of your back, I oh, swear. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. I can't believe you're still living down there. I know. I mean, who's the dummy, really? Um, I do have an interesting news piece that I'd like to bring. Or, well, did you want to move on? Did you want to no, talk about Riot Fest? So, 
has anyone with this this uh, police officer from Fox Lake? Um, so the one who was uh, mysteriously murdered, and they, they can't find any suspects, yep. and they can't find any uh, anything going on with that. Um, a former Chicago police officer has now been he's being held in in part of the investigation because he threatened the uh, the Lake County coroner. Uh, demanding that he make this uh, the death a suicide which is like the weirdest thing and this guy has no connection to the case at all or does he um, because that whole That's thing is fishy. such a mystery and for anyone who might not be in the Chicago area who potentially could be listening to this uh, you know a police officer alone in a, in a squad car uh, makes a call to the to dispatch saying he sees three strange suspects wandering down a the street. There's no dash cam video, uh, no radio calls, nothing, and he's found dead. So now this former officer, Joseph Battaglia, um, is being charged with disorderly conduct for making these threats to uh, to the Lake County coroner around, uh, you know, demanding that he make it a suicide on the death, death certificate. So... You know, a couple things that just kind of clearly popped to mind are what in the hell happened that they have absolutely no information around this killing, one. And two, where the fuck would you get off calling a coroner if you're not even a cop anymore? First of all, he's a former cop, and he's threatening them uh, about, you know, faking the death certificate or putting the death certificate out there as being something that it isn't. I, I just find this story to be amusing. Uh, not amusing. I think the one of the last people I would ever threaten would be a coroner. <laughs> I think they can get rid of you. I, yeah, they know how to, to handle their business without being traced and tracked. And one day you're there and one day you're gone. Yeah. It is interesting because, I mean, it's awful. This is just awful that this, this man is not with us anymore. So I don't want to trivialize yeah, what the story exactly. is. But... Um, it's interesting that obviously if this was a murder, it was probably done by somebody that was very professional because they can't find any clues, right? right. That's Nothing. and then and then to to threaten the coroner is like the you know definition of unprofessional or just bush league amateur hour. He was you know if anything it seemed like he maybe was trying to intimidate. Um, what would be what the would, benefit of calling it a suicide? Just not having a murder investigation? I guess. I mean, there's got to. There, does there have to be a tie to this guy somehow? I mean, I would think there is. What was the guy's last name? Murphy Sullivan. What was it? Guy, yeah, right. Don't well, start that. The guy who uh, the guy who make who's making the threats. Oddly, his name yeah. is Pataglia. Oh. No. <laughs> In the Chicago area. Yeah, it's kind of an odd, kind of an odd coincidence, right? Um, I don't know this whole case. That's yeah, interesting. It's he. He also he also threatened someone on the on the Lake County Major Crime Task Force about this as well, demanding that they. So not only was he going after the coroner, but he was going after other cops. And cops are really, really receptive to threats. They love it. Just ask them; you'll get to see the business end of a nightstick. <laughs> I think this will get bigger and bigger, and it'll get national attention when it becomes the a mafia hit. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, there's no question, no question. <laughs> uh, 
Fellas, there's no mafia anymore. There's no mafia. I was told that this weekend by someone. Um, yeah. I was told that there was that doesn't happen anymore. Mikey, that does not go down. <laughs> okay. Tell you what, we're just going to agree to agree. Sure, that's fi- I'm, fi- I'm, I'm fine totally with that. There is that. no mafia. There never was a mafia. Totally I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, good times. What else? All right, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, this is the end of the first episode of hopefully more podcasts. Um, we will improve. I'm sure we'll get better. There's a county map to go with the wall of hurl. Let's stick in the shinty bowl to brick the brack the crack and all. Let's call it an Irish pub. Hey! Hey! Spread upon the holy book, the only crack you get is a slap in the air. Well, I'll be fucked, I'll often burst your filthy mug if you draw one more shamrock in me, beer.